You are listening to Withstood, produced by Crossbrand. So most of us have pandemic-related stories and crisis and tragedies. But I think if you'll just hold tight for just a second, you're going to hear of a pandemic crisis that actually turned out for the good. Listen to this next podcast. Well, we are uh, so blessed to have our guest here with us. And I, and I call uh, Kiona a guest, but in all reality, she works here. I get to see this girl every day. She's got a great story. Um, there's some there's some spots in it that, that are going to shake you up. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to meet Kiona. If you go to Crossbrand, you can find her every Sunday in the children's department. She is on staff here. But she has a story, and kind of hearing the backstory to the story is probably going to blow your mind. Matter of fact, I don't know that I've ever met anyone exactly in church work with your story. And so um, we are going to uh, um, talk about that today. Thanks for joining us. We uh, are glad that you do that, and we have great guests on here. The title of this uh podcast is withstood and i'm going to tell you by the time you get to the end of her story today you're going to know why we chose her kim tell us a little bit about what brought you to texas because you've got your green card now a texas green card yeah i I hope i've earned it by now um so i kind of you know lived all over growing up my dad he's an oil field and pipeline so um we moved all over but uh most of where i resided was wyoming and that's where i went to high school and i graduated and around the same time i graduated um, from my high school in Wyoming, my dad took a job uh, to be in the oil field down in Texas. Yeah, wow. So my options, you know, I was kind of torn between staying in Wyoming with my friends, but that would be, you know, by myself, no family, uh, going to one of the only few universities that they have, or coming down here and doing college here and being with my family. So I followed them and we ended up in the East Texas area. How about that? So how long ago was that? That was about four years years ago so um again you are on staff and do a phenomenal job um you um have this incident that we're about to ask you about mm-hmm. t- t- how long had you been in texas when that happened so it would have been about two years so i got here in 2018 um and, you know, when I started attending Crossbrand and when my salvation really came to light um, was 2020. So it was a yeah. little bit after the peak of the pandemic and things were starting to go back to normal. And that's kind of when the story begins. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just dive right into that story. Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, was, you know, fresh out of the pandemic and everything and things were starting to open up and I was looking for a fresh start. So my friend and I started going to Crossbrand um, and I think it was July of 2020 and around that same time I started a new job and um, I didn't really like the job that I was doing. Like it wasn't definitely like, oh, this is my dream job, but it was just something to get me by while Absolutely. I was in college and sure. everything. Sure. Um, but I wasn't really happy with where I was in life. I felt like I was definitely, you know, trying to do what was expected of me with society, like trying to fit in. So, you know, I'm going to college and I'm working this job that's paying good money. Um, and I was just trying to, you know, like I said, earn money for college and everything. And I wasn't really happy. I didn't really like it. Um, and I had some other stuff that kind of happened, uh, 
within those few months that I was kind of in a bad place. I was struggling really bad with like depression and anxiety and all of that. Um, And then December of 2020. So on the 23rd, I was working at this store by myself and um, these two, uh, I was closing and we usually worked by ourselves. That was normal. And I was closing and these two guys came in and they held me at gunpoint and they were, Mm. and they robbed the store. Um, so they said, take me to the back and we're going to grab everything. I'm not going to say the store by name cause no, that's not necessary, yeah, sure. but, um, you know, they took me to but the back. But it was here in Tyler. Yes. It was in Lindell. Lindell. And, um, they said, you know, take us to the back and give us everything that's in the back. And so when we got back there, they still had the gun out and they tied me up. And so they put me on the ground and my arms were tied and my ankles were tied up. And so the thing about me is like. My whole life I've struggled with control. I've had a like a hard time with not having control over things. I always yeah. want to, you know, know what's going to happen and be prepared. Um, I wanted things to go a certain way. I'm kind of a perfectionist that way. Um, so my whole life it was always if things didn't go exactly according to plan, like I would freak out. And that's just oh, a fun trait of mine. <laughs> and um, so when this first happened, like I don't want people to think, that I just was submissive. Like I was running through every possible possible scenario of, okay, what can I do to get out of the situation? How can I, you know, what's, what's my next move to protect myself? And I kind of had to just face defeat for a minute and just realize like, okay, there's nothing that I can do. There's two men and I'm here by myself and I had no way to protect myself. And so I kind of just had to, surrender at that point um and that was a hard thing for me to do because like I said I had a really hard time with releasing control and so I'm sitting there tied up and there was literally nothing I could do at that point and I looked down and saw that my hands were like in a prayer position and I don't know like I mean looking back at the moment now I don't know you know exactly what happened I don't remember it clearly but I I know that Jesus was in the room with me it was like I saw him because I was sitting on the floor I saw him like knelt down in front of me like almost holding my hands while I was in prayer and like kind oh of goodness. acting as like a shield so I'm tied up and the guys get everything that they need out of the back and they go into the front and at that point I just broke down in prayer and I was like I don't even remember what I said but I just kind of released and gave all that control to God. And I said, God, this is in your hands now. And I felt this overwhelming sense of peace. And I don't really tell people that because they're like, well, there's no way you felt peace in that moment. But I did. Like I felt this overwhelming sense of peace where I was like, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay because God was in the room with me. And then those guys left. And, you know, from there I was able to get to my phone and call the cops and everything. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was, um, I lost my train of thought. It's hard, it's hard to relive that day. Like rem- I don't remember everything exactly. Yeah. Um, but I. Well, just, that's trauma, though. Yeah. Um, is, did they ever catch you guys? No, they didn't. Never caught the guys. Um, but the thing is, like, they it could have been a lot worse, and so I want people to know that. Like, people are like, "I'm so sorry that happened to you," but I wasn't hurt. I mean, it was scary, and they were definitely a little aggressive at first, pushing me around, shoving me, but I wasn't hurt. Um. So, like I said, when they went up to the front um, and they grabbed a few things out of the front and then they left, at that point, no one knew. I hadn't called the cops. The doors were locked. It was dark outside. No one would have been coming into the store because we were already closed at that point. So, like, it could have been much worse. 
they had plenty of time to do worse things than they did. And I know that was the work of God for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But no, they never found them. Um, you know, they got the, the plates and the vehicle description in the description of the guys. They said that the vehicle was stolen out of Dallas. Um, and then they came down, you know, through our area and went into Louisiana, but they never caught them, but they hit other stores along the way. Oh no, I didn't um, know that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it became a larger investigation, but they, I don't think that they ever found yeah. them. Well, much more, not, not to lessen, you know, the criminal aspect and, and, you know, accountability uh, of criminals, not to lessen that at all, but it kind of catapulted you into a new, um, spiritual situation. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So like I said, you know, that was kind of the wake up for me to realize like, okay, Kiona, you are not always going to have control over your life. Um, you know, as much as we want to have control over everything that happens, we can try and prepare ourselves for every situation, but something's going to happen that we're not expecting that, you know, we're not going to have control over. Yes. So that moment happened and like having Jesus in the room with me and just feeling his overwhelming, you know, peace and love and protection. I was like, okay, this is not my life anymore. This is yours. Like at that point, I'm like, okay, oh, I'm wow. giving it to you, laying, laying it down at your feet, whatever you want to do with my life, you know, it's all yours because whatever I was doing before that day, it obviously wasn't working. It led me to a dark place. It brought me anxiety and pain and stuff. So everything that I was trying to do beforehand, trying to fit in and mold to society, it wasn't working. Um, so I just said, okay, you know, I release control and I give it to you. So I struggled with anxiety really bad for those first couple weeks after. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I had the peace of Jesus with me, but it was still, like you said, traumatic. And I was struggling yes. with that. Yes. So I was in scripture a lot um, those next couple weeks and everything. And, you know, it took some prayer, but I said, I don't want to work in retail anymore. Like I didn't want to work obviously at that place of work anymore, but I applied to another, a couple other places and I didn't really want to work there either. I just felt kind of uneasy. I was like, um, you know, this isn't really the place for me. I don't feel safe. I was worried that it was going to happen again, which oh. that's such a rare instance, but you know, I was worried that something else was going to happen. Uh, sure, sure. Um, and the only place that I felt safe and comfortable was here. And I just kind of noticed here, that Crossbrand? here at Crossbrand. Wow. Like, um, I mean, it was so bad, Mike, to the point where like, if I would go into a store, I would have panic attacks. Like I couldn't oh, go no. into big locations where there was a lot of people. But when I came here on Sunday mornings for church, I felt totally fine. I felt so easy and comfortable here at Crossbrand. And I said, okay, well, this is obviously where God wants me to be because this is the only place that I don't feel anxious. I don't feel afraid. Um, and so I kind of had to lay some of my pride down a little bit. And I don't like to ask for help, but I went to Pam McGee, our children's director at the time. And I said, I love working with kids. Is there anything I can do? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll clean, I'll, you know, organize files, I'll, whatever you need me to do, but I just need to be here. And so she kind of had, you know, a few odd jobs for me. You know, I was organizing, I was cleaning the classrooms. I was working on curriculum and things like that. And oh, it just wow. kind of catapulted from there. I found my home and my family here. That is crazy. Yeah. S lots of that story that I, I didn't realize. So, so what today, how are you with crowds and retail stores when you go into them today? I'm better now. Um, I mean, I still have my moments. Like if there's someone who looks like the 
the men who did it um, and things like that. But I'm definitely a lot better now. And I, and I know faith was 100% the reasoning for that. Like yeah, being in yeah. scripture and being in prayer and trusting God that, you know, he has it all under control because like, I don't want to say that I'm glad that it happened because it was a terrible thing, but I am glad that it happened and it needed to happen. I always say that um, I always relate to like Jonah and Moses because yes. I, I wasn't right. listening. I think I think God was trying to speak to me for a long time before that happened, and I wasn't listening. Um, and then, you know, he had to, like, wake me up and kind of, like, you know, the whale in the story of Jonah. Like, that was my moment of being like, okay, well, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to, you know, put you in a situation where you have to see me. Um, and so I think, you know, it you, needed to happen, and now I'm not struggling as much with – the PTSD part of it, because I'm almost grateful that it happened because yeah. it led me to where I am now. Do you think uh, God did that or allowed that to happen because he was mad at you? No, not at all. Yeah. But more just, you know, like I said, more as a wake up call for me yes. that I needed to release control. Like I said, it was all a matter of, I mean, what more of a powerful way to say, like, releasing control than like, I literally thought I was going to die. So, I mean, at that point, Absolutely. it's like, you no know, question. your life is on the line and you realize my life is not in my own hands. It's in God's. So I'm not, I'm not resentful about it at all. And I don't want people to ever think that, but it's just, it needed to happen to lead me to where I am. I never would have expected to be here or doing what I'm doing, you know, unless something led me here. Yeah. I, I've often heard that God tries to get our attention sometimes, um, through our conscience. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't get it there, it's through a catastrophe. And if he doesn't get it there, sometimes it's through a coffin. Mm -hmm. And so you were at level two. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think you would probably agree with that. Um, he had already yeah. tried to get your oh, attention. Absolutely. Your conscience. He, he definitely did, but I was stubborn and I was stuck in my ways of, no, I want to do it this way. I want it to be my way. I want to, you know, I want my life to look like this, not the plan that you have for me, but the plan I have for myself. But God's plan is way better. You know, God's plan that I had is way better than I could have ever imagined. But yeah. I ignored that for the longest time because I wanted to do my own thing and I wanted it to be, you know, my plan. I think you're speaking to a lot of folks in your generation, which by the way, you're how old? I'm 22. So you're 22. Uh, right now, so many people that are on the fence, maybe a little bit agnostic, maybe a little bit uh, cautious of church and church mm -hmm. people, they would leverage your catastrophe actually against God. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those folks? Yeah, well, the, so the thing with me was like I always believed in God, um, so even before I was saved, and like I said, I had been going to Crossbrand for a few months before the incident happened, I always believed in God. I knew he was real, but I never experienced his love. And um, I think in the presence of fear is when love really comes through. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, he's our father. So he is our protector. And I never really got to like truly, I mean, I did experience his love through blessings and, you know, my family and having a roof over my head and, you know, yeah, food in my yeah. stomach. Like I was blessed, but you know, I had to have that true ultimate moment of like protection and love. And then feeling his presence is, you know, what made me realize he's, this isn't, you know, a bad thing. It was him showing that he loved me and he protected me. Cause like I said, it could have been worse. Something worse could have happened, but he was there with me and he protected me. And so, yeah. And 
you, you know, I'm sitting here looking. You you went to Moses and you went to Jonah, but I'm also thinking there's so many uh, connections between you and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his salvation experience was a rough one. Mm-hmm. Took took a little pain there. Lost his eyesight for a little while, and even after he was a believer, um, you, you know, he was struggling with something. We don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. He he just asked. He just begged God to take it away. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is that God said, "You know, my grace is sufficient for you." Yes. Um, and it, it it is from time to time that God will never change a circumstance. God will only give you the power to cope with it. Yes, exactly. And as you come through the healing processes mm-hmm. of that of that trauma and, and, and legit PTSD, uh-huh. no question, right. no question. But yeah, it was like, you know, I'm not just healed, but I, I'm doing better than I was before. Like, that's what's crazy about it. Um, and so even kind of relating back to those stories, like even after I was saved, like I was still, you know, kind of struggling with that trust part, you know, because like for so long, like I said, I didn't have that. Um, so I had been helping Pam for those few months and I didn't know where that was going to lead. Like at that point, it was just like a temporary like you know, something to do in the moment that made me feel better and helped me cope with the situation. But I didn't expect it to go much further than that. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the year, Pam was retiring and they needed someone to take her position. And I never in a million years would have expected um, to do ministry. Yeah, and so yeah. and so I was having those excuses in my head, like I said, kind of like Moses, where I was like, you know, oh, well, they don't want me. Like, I wouldn't do a good job. Like, you yeah, know, but we did. I was, I was making all those excuses. And you are. Um, and God just kept saying, no, I, I trust you to be like, God made it happen. So obviously he trusted me to be in that position. He wouldn't have made it happen. Um, you know, if it wasn't meant to be, if I wasn't going to do a good job or whatever. So I was still struggling with, you know, making excuses and not trusting him. Cause I was like, I never would have expected that for myself. Um, but then, yeah, just releasing it to God and saying, okay, if this is what you want, I'll obey you. I'll be obedient. And it led me to something even better than I could have ever imagined. Cause I love what I'm doing so much now and the people that I'm surrounded with every day. Yeah. So backtrack just a little bit. Do you think, um, for those people that have gone through some trauma, um, what, what, what steps, you know, yours is very unique. Most folks mm-hmm. are not going to be robbed at gunpoint, mm-hmm. but there's so many other levels of trauma from wrecks to, uh, seeing, um, uh, some crisis and tragedy. How do we get fixed? What would you encourage yeah. people to do? Yeah. I mean, that's so hard because it's like you know, each person's story is different. And like I said, I was blessed to like, just, I I think the biggest thing is community and just being surrounded. And I was so blessed to have Mm. such a good community. But like I said, I'm being in prayer and, um, you know, worshiping and just being really close to God. And I know that's not always the answer that people want to hear, you know, because, you know, like it's, it happens, but I mean, like I said, you have to look at being grateful that it could have been worse. You have to look at being grateful for what you do have. So, you know, even when you lose something, you know, you still have so much to be thankful for. You have so, you know, when God closes one door, he's opening another. Um, So, and and like I said, I know that's not probably the best answer. What people want to hear. I'm maybe not the best person to 
speak on that because I had no, a, no, I think it is because That's your I, journey. Yeah. But like I said, you know, I was very blessed to just already be at Crossbrand and just automatically be thrown into such an amazing community with people who supported me. But if it wasn't for scripture and prayer and worship and looking at all the other blessings that God gave me and being grateful for the good things he did in my life or, you know, what the bad situation led me to, like, that's what's helped me through all of it yeah. is if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be in the better place that I am. Sure. Sure. And, and, you know, um, everybody's healing rate is different. And so depending on the wound, depending on the level of trauma, um, you know, I know it takes longer, but, but uh, do you feel you're better now than you were? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, I think it's, God never promises that life is going to be easy. So it's not like life is perfect all the time. It's not like I don't still struggle with anxiety sometimes or still have flashbacks or nightmares to that night or I don't, you know, face new struggles. I have faced new struggles since that's happened. But because now I know him and his love, I know what it means to, you know, be strong. And in the scripture, it always says, like, be strong and be courageous. So, you know, even when things are hard, even when you go through those hard times, trusting that if you're strong and you're courageous and you persevere, like you will get through and God will bring you through that dark season into something better. You just have to remember that it's just a season and it's just temporary. In general. Okay. So you're 20 years old. Um, and, and we are blessed at Crossbrand to have several, uh, folks under 30, you know, to be in leadership positions and staff, but this is kind of a, random question but where what is uh what is the biggest thing um the biggest struggle the biggest um uh, i mean wh- okay so you, you here you are you found the lord doing good i mean you're human mm-hmm. but to the to the average 20 year old male and female what what's going on what's what's the biggest struggle and culture. And yeah, I think those are things that like, like I said, when I told you, you know, I was struggling before I knew the Lord and I still struggle with it. Now I think the biggest thing for my generation and it all kind of, I'm really into psychology in the way that, you know, the mind works and why we act the way that we do. And I think the biggest thing comes down to our generation's self-confidence and comparing ourselves to others. And um, so I think the main struggles that I see people face is, glorifying mental illness is a big thing you know glorifying well i have anxiety or depression and i'm going to use that as a crutch that's my excuse Mm. um another one i think is trying to find satisfaction from temporary worldly things partying drinking sex all of those types of things because that's what's going to get you attention in the moment so like i said you're constantly comparing yourself to other people so you're seeing online and on social media oh well look at her she has all of these friends or oh look at you know like their relationship they're so cute together so you try and find that but rather than trusting god and letting god bring that to you you try and go out and find it yourself so finding it in temporary worldly satisfactions like i said you know the partying scene or sleeping around or you know like i said comparing yourself on social media or you know just things like that i think self-confidence um is a big thing that i see people struggle with and um comparing yourself to others and like i said using that mental illness as a crutch using those as excuses and you know i could easily you know use that 
experience that happened to me is a crutch. And that could be my reasoning for not going out into the world or why I act the way I do. Oh, because I had something bad happen to me. Mm. But that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to use it to push forward and go to something better and be better. So I'm always striving to be better. I'm not perfect and I'm never going to be. um, And I'm still going to slip up and make mistakes. But, you know, always trying to move forward and be better. And I think the word that, uh, you know, we sometimes omit as believers is is conquerors. Mm-hmm. I like what you just said. You know, we we are conquerors. Mm-hmm. Uh, greater is He that is in us than He did, He that is in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a tough. It's a tough time. I wouldn't go back to twenty for nothing. Couldn't pay me a million dollars. It's a tough time to be twenty. Um, hey, I'm just curious. I've never asked you this question. Do you have a a, a favorite verse? Um, well, like I said, I do like, and oh my gosh, now I'm going to blink, but, um, yeah, I put you on the spot, but (laughs) it's okay. But, um, like any verse that says, be strong, be courageous. Um, first Corinthians, like I said, I'm going to blink on it. I think it's 16, 13, but, um, stand firm on your faith, be strong, be courageous, um, do everything in love. I bet you like Joshua too, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Yes. He just kept, the Lord just kept repeating yes. it. Yes. That's good stuff. Yeah, Esther too is always a story that I gravitated to. Oh, also. I bet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as we wrap up the podcast, kind of wind down, do you have something that, because I don't always ask the right questions, but is you getting good parting shots for us? Anything you'd just like to to challenge the the listeners with? Um, I I don't know. Like I I think really I've learned so much from you and being surrounded by you, and like I said, being so lucky to have the people that I have. So I think just you know, we got a good pack. Yes, for sure. So just finding your community and finding your people, and that's not always easy, but um. You know, it's not about popularity. It's not about doing what's cool, but finding your people who are going to love you through everything and, you know, guide you to the Lord and guide you to something better. And, you know, y'all have brought me so much wisdom and that's just the thing that's got me through. So, I mean, I guess more for you, I just say, you know, tell kids my age, you know, find a church or find, you know, a preacher, you know, just someone a little bit older than you who you can look to for wisdom, who's already been through that season of life um, and just kind of follow, you know, their guidance because they've been through it. And they, you know, like you said, you've been through your 20s and, you know, you experienced it. So looking to y'all for advice and wisdom. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, we are so thankful that you work here. <laughs> I'm so thankful to be we, here. We, loved, we love having you at the table. And we pastor, as you know, as a pack. We don't make decisions as Lone Rangers. And it's, it's certainly, um, I hate that God had to use a, such a catastrophe like he did to get your attention. But I'm so thankful for your humility and the way you've responded to it. And I love you. Love you. Folks, that's going to wrap up our podcast for today. God bless you. Thank you. See you soon.